Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we are here to finally wrap up our Best of TOS series as we review a season one episode of Star Trek, the original series, The Devil in the Dark. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Stargate story himself, Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, man? Man, I'm great. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. I'm looking forward to this uh, episode. Yeah, man. Glad to have you on. This one should be interesting. Also on the podcast, we have the Who Story and Cal Jones. How you doing, man? You know what? I'm going to echo what Mr. Barrow said and say I'm glad to be here. And I also am looking forward to hearing what everyone says and thinks about this. And last but certainly not least in the Ready Room Studios as well, we have the Trek Storian, Jonathan Shorts. How you doing? Man, I am doing great. As the other two gentlemen says, I am happy to be here and apologize for my extended away mission I've been on the past couple of recordings. So I'm glad to be back, man. Glad to talk more Trek. One of our listeners on Twitter, Elaine, wrote, I am loving the TOS love, guys, but I'm wondering who decided to cover Immunity Syndrome I want to make a plug for A Taste of Armageddon, The Devil in the Dark, and Erin of Mercy is much more important and better episodes. We'll love to hear you guys discuss them. So that's going to be one of the reasons we are discussing The Devil in the Dark for this review, as well as friend of the show, Matthew Turnage, who also wrote in. And, and he writes, Cal asked for some recommendations for Dr. McCoy episodes to watch. The Devil in the Dark is one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek. McCoy has a smaller role in this one, but he has a key moment near the end that shows how great a doctor he really is. And with that, we will get into things. But first, let me just say this. What we're doing on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek in somewhat excessive detail. In addition to talking all things Trek, please leave a review and also subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are currently listening on. You know, the easiest way to, to subscribe these days may be Spotify. So if you, you know, you have Spotify, you can subscribe to us there as well. Devil in the Dark is the 25th or 26th, depending on where you're looking, episode of the first season of Star Trek. It was written by Gene L. Cohn and directed by the great Joseph Pefney. The episode aired on March 9th, 1967. The Enterprise is sent to a mining colony that is being terrorized by a mysterious monster, only to find that the situation is not that simple. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. As always, we go to Kyle Jones for the beats of the episode. Sometimes serious, sometimes comedic. You never know. So this one may be a little bit of both. So here we go. With no women in sight or sound, this story brings a nightmarish version of a school lunchroom pizza to life <laughs> in all its silicon glory. <laughs> Rather than being a monster of the week, however, we are challenged and enlightened. Bedside manner beside the point, a doctor's declaration is first heard. Behind the lens, Shatner delivers commitment, grace, and professionalism, and that we must respect. Great summary of Cal Jones of, of what, what's going on here. I really loved that. I thought it was poignant. And yeah, we'll dive in all that. With that, let's go around the horn and see what everybody 
thinks of the episode. You know, this is a high level view of, of what you think is going on in the episode. And then Jeremy, let's let's start with you, sir. What do you think? I like the episode. Um, it was a it was a good starter episode. It's it's just one of those like if you want to kind of know what Star Trek is about, this would probably be one of those episodes I would show somebody. Okay. You okay. Know, this is the kind. This is the kind. This is the kind type of shenanigans you can expect week from week to week. Yeah. So like the quintessential. Okay, I, I get it. I get it. What about you, uh, John? What do you think, man? Man, I, I actually love this episode. Um, I think it's one of the better ones that we've watched. Uh, and for for many reasons, uh, <laughs> Cal pointing out the lunchroom pizza is just <laughs> icing on the cake. Um, there was a lot of comedic moments in it that were really good. Uh, the acting was really good, except for one or two small parts from someone I wouldn't think would give us a bad performance. Uh, but I mean, overall, man, great episode, great story point. It was a great twist. Uh, you know, a lot of it you could kind of assume from the beginning. Like you were kind of like, come on, guys, you can get there too. Yeah. But all that aside, it, it was a really good episode. All right. Well, Kyle, you, you summed it up so greatly, but do you have any additional thoughts? Actually, I do. I will echo the feedback and say, I don't know why this was not included in our original list. I think this was one of the better uh, ones that we have reviewed. I think it holds its own against any current episode of Discovery. I love the story. I love the acting. You know, I even love the school lunchroom pizza. I... (laughs) Thought that that, you know, I did that solely to try to be funny. But as far as the story goes, I just thought it was spot on. Yeah, man. Um, I really enjoyed this episode, too. I'm not going to say it's one of my favorites that we've reviewed, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to go with what Jeremy said. It it feels like a very Star Trekky episode to me. All the elements are there. Which is strange because we're never really in space at all, you know, for for the large part of the episode. We're like on this colony. So all of those elements and just the the path to discovery uh, of, of what this species really is, is 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 just it feels like a very Star Trekky theme to me. I agree with John as well. Some of the performances I don't really think it's the actor's fault and we'll get into it later, but that's just a hard thing to convey on screen for anybody. So I really don't blame him. Uh, we'll, of course, we'll talk about it. But overall, I think I, I enjoyed this episode. Again, not not one of my favorites that we've reviewed, but I did. I did really enjoy it. So a group of mining colonists tread upon dangerous territory as the Enterprise and her crew stop in to investigate the mystery of the Silicon Monster. <laughs> were ap- aptly summed up as mining mysteries and mine mills. That's how I'm going to put it. So let's get right into it. So what were your initial thoughts when it was discovered that these Perigium miners were getting roasted? <laughs> really? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, did you initially expect foul play? Or did you think maybe we were dealing with something like very, very sinister I kind of thought we were dealing with something sinister at first, but of of course the story is much more complicated than that. Like, what were you guys' thoughts on that? So I thought definitely sinister, and I did not think there was a monster. I thought it was a bait and switch where it would be there was a subset of people that they did not know about that was 
faking this monster that was killing everyone and that I still thought that they were killing the people, but mm. I didn't think it was a monster per se. That was my initial thought. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, John and Jeremy? I don't know. I guess from the title of the episode and if I'm not mistaken, someone mentioned monster at the very beginning. So I immediately thought that there was some kind of life form attacking. And it seems like, is this not like just a, like a common story you see in movies or shows where there's, you know, humans or someone that started exploring an area for whatever reason, but happened to invade into the indigenous life, indigenous oh. place. And that whatever species or life form that lives there currently starts attacking to defend itself. So that that was my initial thought going in. Wow, that is that is a very good point, actually. And knowing of the language barriers, which is kind of what you're dealing here, a, a language barrier that they had to to try to figure out what's going on. Uh, I found that comparison like that's that's a very great comparison to what's going on in this episode. Whereas I think Jonathan is spot on. I don't think we had seen that in traditional sci-fi. We had seen that in westerns or we had seen that in dramas or whatever the case may be but your sci-fi element i don't think we had seen that or seen much of that before i may be wrong but i don't think we had there's another episode in trick where we so i guess it is a little we find out it's a silicon-based uh life form and there's another episode in trick where we deal with that first time we actually hear about a silicon-based life form and uh, Enterprise, when the rock creatures were coming out of the wall. Hmm. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. And I don't even know. It may have been a hallucination or something. But they still, their, their, their scans were showing a silicon-based life form coming out of the rock wall. So I'd heard that before, too. So that, that kind of even further led me to believe about the, you know, it's just indigenous species. Hmm. And species 8472 is silicon-based. Are they? Yeah. Wow, I didn't even realize that. I wouldn't even have thought that. And just to verify, I looked it up. It says so in uh, in uh, Memory Alpha. And of course, if, if no one's watched Voyager, that's a Voyager enemy, species 8472. And shame on them for not watching Voyager. <laughs> <laughs> of course. A very great enemy at that. I really like those those characters. I actually became a, a friend at the end. A really underused yeah. enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very much underused. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of those, uh, some of them later in, in, in the, some of the newer Trek that we have now. They would be a great enemy to bring back. So let's talk a bit about these folks getting roasted or maybe, <laughs> or maybe more appropriately, acidically burned. There have already been like 50 deaths of people getting roasted. Why would this miner at the very beginning go off by himself? He was obviously very scared. And then the, the manager guy is going to lead him off uh, by himself. And later we see a red shirt like going off by himself. I'm like, what, what, what? we know this thing is, is very deadly. I, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. But then what I what I pr- probably further clarity on, why did they not roast well, one did it is just one one Horta. That's this silicon based monster. I'm going to quotes here is a Horta. How come it didn't roast Kirk when Kirk entered its lair or chamber? 
I found that maybe not a, very realistic when it's been roasting other people on site. Well, I, I think it's because uh, other people couldn't defend themselves at all. Like their type one phasers wouldn't hurt it at all. But it proved, I mean, when Kirk and Spock shot it with the type two phasers, it like injured it. So when oh. it approached Spock the second time and noticed that phaser, it kind of was hesitant. Good point. Good point. Because when admit the f- the first person we saw at Rose didn't have the type two phaser, then the the red shirt didn't get a shot off. I don't think, or he missed or something. No, he did. So he didn't when, get a shot off at all. Yeah. So being this highly intelligent being that we know it, that we eventually know it is, it got shot the first time by Kirk and Spock. And knew the next time, you know, maybe I should hang back. So that makes sense to me. You help me out. You help me out because I had problems. <laughs> well, <laughs> l- let me take it a slightly a different direction and kind of touch on what you said, Clarence, which is this is a highly intelligent creature. Look at the motivations by the people that have been coming, have been stealing the eggs, spoilers, have been, you know, whatever for the for the last however long they've been there. And then you've got this other person that's coming. You, who's to say that this creature could not read and detect body language and could, you know, whatever way of seeing that Kirk was different, not necessarily the phaser. It could have been totally the phaser. But remember how they made a specific point to say how smart this thing was. So, I mean, I, I really get that. That makes a lot of sense. But. Where I thought the story was going originally, uh, I thought that maybe these miners were had some sinister, not sinister, but had maybe some foul play intent. Maybe they were doing some bad stuff, but wasn't telling Kirk that that's what I thought they were going, Hmm. which they were. But it was out of ignorance, not out of being sleazy, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. So they really they really, really shocked me with that. So, have any of you guys heard of Parisium before? What they were actually no, mining no. on the planet? No? I have not. So, I did look this up because I didn't know myself. It's actually mentioned a few more times in Trek. It's mentioned on the Voyager episode Fair Trade. And I think it's one of the items they're trading for a power source. And it's also mentioned on the DS9 episode Prodigal Darter, which I don't even remember that episode. So, um, it is yeah. mentioned in the future as well. Hmm. Was that Fair Trade episode the one where they were chasing the hustler guy that I was kind of scamming people? I think so. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, he, uh, he traded something for these, and that's all these people mined. And it was so hard to mine, and they got... Yeah, okay. Yeah. I do it, remember that. Now. And it's used as a, a power source for nuclear reactors on the colonies, I believe. is what it's used for. Um, so, what are our thoughts on the Hoarder overall as a race? And I think we may may have talked about this briefly, but it being like a silicon based life form, anything else we can really garner from that. We talked about the looks, which I'm guessing Cal wasn't too high on since he made it no, a reference to no, pizza. I, 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 no, I thought it was I, I was looking at it and I was trying to think, what does it remind me of? And at first I thought of a stone based pizza, you know, like, you know, one of those that you f- put in the fire and whatever. And I was like, no, it, then whenever I saw it moving, it reminded me of a school pizza. So I've kind of put them together <laughs> and I'm not trying to be funny. That's just what it looked like to me. But, but, but I don't have any problem with it. Cause I think they did good for what they did 
in the 60s. I thought it was a good, interesting design. You know, it was kind of a relief, although... So I'm assuming when it attacked people, it like stood up some kind of way. Because, I mean, on all the attacks, you kind of see from the perspective of the monster, I forget his name... It, it it was like looking down on these humanoids as it attacked. So I'm assuming it stood up some kind of way. So I was kind of expecting, you know, the when Spock asked uh, the guy to describe him, he said tall and shaggy. Yeah, he did and, say big and shaggy or something yeah. like that. So and I was like, oh, boy, it's going to be some kind of like man in a fursuit with fire on it or something like I, I just i was i was really set the bar really low for the appearance of this creature and i i was pleasantly surprised that they decided to take an original direction toward this creature now whether you like it or don't like it it looks good or don't i'm just glad it wasn't what you would normally expect but it looked nothing like rock yeah, yeah, it did not. It did not. But I saw, I found it fascinating of how it was barreling these tunnels through this 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 mountain or this this mining site or whatever. I I thought that was pretty cool, and the way they were able to build the sets to make it look somewhat realistic. I thought all that was pretty interesting as well. Um, well so I, I mean, are we supposed to believe it bore perfect circle, <laughs> perfect circular, like it had a measurement of pi, like? <laughs> ingrained in its dna and it would just make a perfect circle well it's silicon based so it can interact with those materials uh naturally and kind of i don't know i can't explain it (laughs) but but i just thought it was cool i thought it was really cool um which i guess we'll talk about later when they have their symbiotic relationship at the very end uh kyle i want to ask you about the charts the chart of the minds. We get in that little conference room at the very beginning when Kirk Bones and McCoy, I mean, Kirk Bones and uh, the Spock beam in beam down. And I guess the main engineering office or whatever. And we see this chart that shows the caves. Now, the reason I'm asking you about this chart in particular is that we reviewed an episode of Doctor Who where we saw another chart of another cave, an Adrazana cave. And we talked about it at the time of looking more like Dig Dug than actual mm-hmm. game. I remember that. So any 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 thoughts on the comparison and who did it better? I, I know who did it better, but maybe you can, you know, I just want to hear that from your mouth. I actually one. thought that this looked better than the Dig Dug. Uh, and it was done in uh, this, it was done about 17, 20 years previous. So yeah, this was done much. It looked much better than the Dig Dug and Drazani Caves. And I actually thought about that. I'm glad you mentioned that. That's kind of funny. But yes, I thought that. Let me just say that I'm thankful I'm not the only one who saw that because when I, when I saw all these caves and everything, I was thinking, this looks like Doctor Who. <laughs> this is this is like the fifth Doctor's last adventure. What am I, am I, I was confused there for a few moments. Uh, I, you know, kudos to you guys for, I mean, kudos <laughs> to the discussing Trek crew for actually finding something to talk about about these charts like (laughs) (laughs) so when you initially started asking Kyle that question I'm like what did I miss about the charts they were just on the wall I don't know what was important about I mean uh, honestly another reason it jumped out at me is because of course we're in 2021 it just looked weird having the uh, cardboard charts or whatever on the wall it just 
felt weird for our future to be like that. So that's another right. reason it really jumped out at me. But I think even even on the case of Johnny, it's a it's a screen, I believe. So mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, I, it just jumped out at me. I know Kyle would have fun with it. So I brought. <laughs> Thank you. So let, let's get into uh, Spock slash Leonard Nimoy's performance in this episode. I got vibes of of murderers, assassins (laughs) in this episode from um, City on the Edge of Forever. But, but, but I feel like Nimoy had a very, very hard role in this episode. And also, it feels like I almost feel like the 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 mind mill is used too much. I mean, up until this point, well, maybe it's next season. I think next season he's going to mind mill with the, with the robot, with the cha- and the changeling, and of course in the movie he minds mill with some entities similar, uh, voyeur the same kind of way. So, I, I, it's just I don't know if I love the mind mill because it seems like it's done more eloquently in later series, but just just thought and it does kind of make sense here so i will give them that but anybody additional thoughts on luna nimoy's performance in this episode and mm. um yeah just overall thoughts of what he did and what he's able to put together in this episode because he had a very hard hard role in my opinion i have a hypothesis but i want to hear what everybody else says first well first clarence let me ask you this question let's shoot a question at you yeah who who did it better spock or mccoy the murderers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Bones definitely did it better. <laughs> Before Kelly definitely did it better. I mean, I just I, to me it made it just fit better in that one to me. If I'm gonna be honest, it fit better in that story. In this one, I can see the reasoning why he did it because he was again a very hard job to try to express to us the pain that this Horda is feeling. But for some reason, it just didn't land with me as smooth as it did before. So I, my, my opinion on that whole thing, like, I'm, I'm OK with it. I get why he was doing it. Uh, and I don't know if it was Kyle or Jeremy said before we had a similar conversation conversation about a plot line. But like maybe if they would have explained it a little more going into it. So like somehow we knew. So what I'm expecting from the mind meld, I know that it's a kind of a melding of the minds. I, I, I mean, that's obvious. But also, like, the Vulcan that's initiating the mail will kind of be influenced by the emotional state of the person that they're melding with. Hmm. But I would think that Spock being, I guess, being as Vulcan as he is, would have been able to control that emotional outbursts unless it was stated when he tried like one time without any of the outbursts and said this mind is incredibly strong and i do not know if i'll be able to control you know what i mean like yeah that's just not what i expect i expected a more calm like he mind melded with him and he's like i sense a great deal he's having a great deal of pain and you know what i mean like yeah. kind of from a third person i mean well view, it- yeah, well, it definitely makes. I mean, not not to mean to cut you off, but I think it definitely makes sense because by the end of it, you you see Kirk kind of have to pull him away and, and, yeah. and, and nudge him away. But also, if you're going to take uh, futurist presidents, you can. There's an episode where is it Tuvok that mind mills with the the killer guy on Voyager, right? And he starts getting those. You know, it kind of consumes him. So 
Yeah, but that was after the mail, not during the mail. Even during that mail, Tuvok still kind of contained himself enough to still be Tuvok and him. And the other guy, I mean, they still kind of had a separate, you know what I mean? In this particular instance, like, as soon as he mailed it, it's like he just became the conduit of the creature's communication and emotions. Well, and this is just spitballing here but maybe it's because he's half Vulcan and not full Vulcan like Tuvok was and he has a harder time controlling yeah, it I, I could, I could, I especially could. with unknown life forms I can I can go with that Kyle did you have any thoughts yes I actually have a hypothesis here and it has nothing to do with really the story that's going on but but I'm going to hypothesize that Leonard Nimoy did this a little over the top to get a reaction out of Shatner, whether it was laughing or what. And there, so there's some meta stuff that I read. You guys may already know, <laughs> but if, man, I may save this to later if you don't know. But, um, but I'm going to say that he was trying to get a rise out of Shatner. Hey, man, let's hear it because I didn't do the research. So <laughs> let, let, let us know. Okay. So, so I actually, so my line that I said behind the lens, Shatner delivers commitment, grace, and professionalism, and that we must respect. So, as they were shooting this, have you guys noticed that when we're in the, um, you know, we, we, we were talking about the map earlier. And in the scene where we talk about the map, that was originally supposed to be on the Enterprise. But mm. they shot it in the same location of the set that they were on because they were rushing filming scheduling that day because Shatner's father had passed away. But oh. he did not leave set. He finished recording the, the day's script before he because he didn't want to, like, leave and everybody had to stop, you know, doing what they were doing. So oh, my wow. point being is I read that there was somewhere in the story as they are re- recording it that that um, Nimoy did something that made Shatner laugh. And I'm wondering if this is that. Hmm. Is this a, more to lighten the mood, I guess? Maybe so, yeah. Listen, if I was Shatner and that was indeed an ad lib by Leonard Nimoy, I don't they would have had to retake that scene like forty <laughs> times. <laughs> Could you imagine not expecting that in here? <laughs> and I may be totally, you know, I may I'm just totally guessing there. But it I, just I like it, it fits. Yeah, that, exactly. Because it was it was really, really out of character for Leonard Nimoy like his acting style didn't fit that like you can tell he was uncomfortable doing that I'm not maybe not uncomfortable it was just out of out of his style so let's pivot to talk a little bit about Bones of course we mentioned up top that this is one of Matthew's favorite favorite episodes and he think and he mentions that Bones does a very good job a great job in this episode and I'm going to just throw it to Kyle. What are your thoughts on Bones in this episode and his eventual um, resolution for the Horda, healing the Horda? Matthew, forgive me. Let me just say this ahead of time. That being said, I liked his ultimate thing that he does that, you know, saves the creature. That being said, I promise you, I thought when I watched it, why did Kirk not tell him why he was coming down there. And I promise you, I thought, well, if he would have told him, he probably wouldn't have come. Hmm. 
And I'm I sorry, agree. Matthew, but I really was the, I, I had a note written down, hypocrite or Hippocratic oath. Hmm. <laughs> Be, are you saying because? Because he came I really didn't I'm, think that if he would have said there is a creature down here that I need you to bring your medical kit and that the creature that everyone is against, I need you to heal the creature. I really thought that maybe he wouldn't come. That was why he didn't say it. What I'm also wondering is maybe the reason why he didn't say it is to not alert any of the miners about what he's coming for. That's probably what it was. When you said didn't say it, what scene are you talking about in particular? I'm, I'm a little there, lost. There's on. a scene where he tells Bones to get his medical kit and come. He's got a patient for him. He doesn't elaborate. Hmm. Yeah, when he does, when he gets on the communicator and all that. Yeah, I wondered why he didn't tell him the whole story. But I kind of was, I was kind of leaning toward the whole kind of where you're going with it Kyle I think and even Spock said as much he's like uh McCoy is no no don't quote me exactly but McCoy is a great healer but I don't think he has any knowledge of silicon based life forms he wouldn't be able to do anything and knowing McCoy if he would have called him and told him that McCoy would basically yeah. told him what he told him when he got there I'm a doctor not a mason <laughs> you know? yeah not a, I'm, I'm a doctor not a bricklayer not a, yeah bricklayer <laughs> yeah and and even and even to the point where they get in the you know him Spock and Kirk in the room and he's like, um, you know go go check on him. He's like, what? I'm not doing that. He just tells them this straight up and he's like, hey, you better. I'm giving you a direct order, dude. You better check on him. Right. Right. And then, but I love that the end because uh, to Matt's point, he does make a very great observation and a, a medical obs. Well, if you can call it medical, where he he chooses to use the cement based. Um, you seem it basically to patch the wound, which I thought was brilliant. And and it was cool to get that quote from him. He's like, by golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was the only part about McCoy's being there that I liked. It, it was great. I loved it. Look, he did a great job. You can always count on him for a good comedic moment. I, I love him and I love him for that. And and the fact it made it even more funny. He's standing there with his hands covered in the crowd and his eyes are wide open. I know that's whatever it was. <laughs> it's like he just delivered a baby or something. <laughs> My golly, I think I can cure a rainy day. <laughs> the way he was holding his arms. <laughs> It's like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> that was good, though. That was good for McCoy. It was a good line, anyway. Yeah. Well, let's wrap things up to talk about this alliance. Um, of course, through this mind mill, Spock's, Spock gets through to this hoarder. We get the background information that, of course, the Paragon Miners have been killing its, its children. It's there to guard this nursery until all of these horta hatch. And um, they formulate this alliance with the miners to where they're going to have sort of a symbiotic relationship to where they can make the caves for the miners to get around and the miners will clean up the debris or do their mining, so to speak. Uh, thoughts on this symbiotic relationship? And I wonder how long it actually lasted because it <laughs> seemed like something that could last. But any thoughts on that? You know, this day and age, that wouldn't last long because they'd start trying to mine the silicon from. <laughs> from yeah. eggs. Yeah. I don't know. Like I so I do have a pro I have an issue. 
how could they not? And I, I mean, you said at the top, it was, you know, that this wasn't intentional. It was just from ignorance. But like, was the ignorance to that level where you couldn't figure out that these were eggs? Like they've already destroyed a bunch and piled them up. Yeah. You know, like at some point, like, I, I want to know why were they destroying? Why were they destroying them? All right. So you walk outside and you see a rock. And you kick a rock just because you were, and I'm not, seriously, I'm not trying to be funny, but if you just walk outside, you kick a rock, that's just what we do. I do that. You know, you see a rock just lay in there, kick it sometimes just for that. But do you kick every rock in the driveway? You, you may not, but you may have some kid that goes out and does that or grown up kid that goes out and does that. That's not saying that that's the right, you know, thing to do. But it's, it goes into the um, bigger story or the bigger question of we just assume that that is a rock because yeah. we don't know any better. And in a case, ignorance begets ignorance. Yeah. The only pushback mm-hmm. I give to that is that these are perfectly symmetrical spheres, uh, spheres that are spread throughout this you know, mining facility. They should at least have somebody try to examine it. I know they probably wouldn't come to a conclusion, but they are destroying these things. And they're like a perfect geometrical shape, I guess. And, and if it's an egg, there was something in it. Mm-hmm. At least one of them. Yeah. But what if it's just a rock in it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> True. Or maybe they were getting the rocks out of it. So maybe that's why they cracked them all. I don't know. So let me throw this at you. What if the thing of prime importance is your quota yeah how true. much you're making what are you doing keeping your jobs etc and All so right. forth because yeah. look at it because one thing i noticed when kirk first got there there's a line where he says something to the effect of you know we've get, we've got to get production back up or yeah. something to that effect and i'm thinking okay you're the enterprise but you, this is still all about business. You're getting, you're right there in there saying, we got to get, you know, we got to get the mines going again or whatever the, whatever the phrase was. But m- maybe that took precedence. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Because this, this perigium is, is critical to several colonies. And, and that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, again, and we're about to wrap this up, but, they should know things are a little bit crazy when the thing starts stealing their nuclear cooling system from their reactor. I mean, <laughs> when that starts happening, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something's wrong. Something's up. I don't. I just assume, like in the initial meeting when Spock inquired about this sphere, like I initially, I mean, just from that, I kind of assume this is an egg from the Me creature too. that's attacking you guys. Me too. Like nobody else, and we're not scientists. These people are all scientists. And 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 Cal, to your point, I think he was not scared, but so aware of Bones' criticism at that point. He doesn't offer up a theory. You you remember that? He's like, yeah. I'll hold my theory to later to avoid you no know, McCoy <laughs> talking. He said, about I've it. already I've already amused McCoy enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, good point. That's what I thought initially too as well. So let's get ratings. Kyle Jones, what do you think, man? You know what? I'm going to give it, even even though I, I praised it highly and I think it was great, 
I'm going to give it a night of five. I'm going to give it a solid 4.5. I really enjoyed this. And I think I would even watch it again without any hesitation uh, for as a second watch. So yes, I enjoyed it. 4.5. Awesome sauce. Jeremy, what do you think, man? I also am going to go with a 4.5. It was very, it was a good Star Trek episode. So I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a 4.5. Uh, what about you? Jim? Man, I, I hate I hate to uh, <laughs> just go along with the group, but I, I, that's what was in my head when you asked initially. In four point five, um, I agree with everybody. It, it it was pretty. I would definitely watch this again without hesitation. Uh, it was a great episode. It kept me involved the whole time. Uh, as Jeremy has said, it's a good episode to like just get into Star Trek without knowing any backstory, without knowing what to expect or what's happened before or what comes next. I mean, it's, it was just a good show, like all together, whether you like sci-fi, you don't like sci-fi, you like Trek, you don't, it was just a good episode of a show. So all that to be, all that to say 4.5 for me, man, I feel like I'm being David Downer here. I'm going 4.1. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, but I think I enjoyed others that we've reviewed better. It definitely is very much sit in that um, what you would think of when you think of a Star Trek episode. It hits all those beats. Kirk is great. I think uh, Leonard Nimoy has a very hard task to relay what this thing is feeling. But I, overall, I think he did a he did a stellar job, as he always does. And I love love McCoy uh, DeForest Kelly in this episode as well. So overall, I really loved it. Great episode. Great episode. I really loved it. 4.1 uh, and 4.5 from everybody else. Wow. All right. <laughs> With that, let's see what everybody has been watching, watching, listening to, working on podcast related or otherwise. And let's start with you, Jonathan. Uh, not much, man. I've had a hectic two weeks at work. Uh, it's been 80 hour weeks, so not much else going on. But in my few hours through the week that I have to spare, I have started watching TNG again. Uh, my wife and I actually, and I have forgotten so how good. good TNG is. So and you know, my wife made this mention. We watched like over the past week, we've watched probably four or five episodes and each episode has touched on a social problem or a social dilemma that we currently suffer through now, which we know that happens on Star Trek a lot. But TNG seems to dig in it a little deeper in a little more detail and it kind of it. it it very much, I call it mental food. Like it, it, it makes you think and it makes you think not on teams. Like I'm for this, I'm against this. It just makes you think about this. And to me, that's just a great thing. And as I'm one more thing, when I mentioned at the top of the episode, I just finished the episode yesterday. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but they meet this doctors, like one of the most brilliant people in the Federation and he's dying from this disease and he transfers his consciousness to data. Hmm. <laughs> and I, I have a running joke with my wife. I said, before I die, I want to live long enough to we till someone figures out how to transfer consciousness to the computer, and that's what I want to do. <laughs> and there is there is that. Uh, Jeremy, what you got, man? Um, well, they and you're going to shoot me for saying this, but they just put Harry Potter back on HBO Max. So I've been watching Harry Potter here lately. No, man, we're not going to shoot you for saying that. That's a that's a solid series. Probably one of, we talked about this on uh, discussing who or was it comics? 
it's probably maybe one of the most beloved overall as a series that's not getting a lot of the hate. Now they do have problems, which you know we can don't won't get yeah. into here. But just the overall, if you were to give it a score uh, versus some of the other franchises True. of late. True. Oh yeah, I mean it's been you know it, it, it. I've enjoyed it. I read all the books, watched all the movies. All it's right. a good little series. And I've been, you know, since you made a post a couple of weeks ago, and I'm interested to hear where you're at now, uh, rewatching Cobra Kai as well. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, I haven't started yet, so maybe that's why I started oh, this week. Oh, man. <laughs> and that time, man. <laughs> man, it is an awesome show. I can't wait for Everybody that. Everybody says that show is fantastic. I will watch it, and we'll have thoughts. We will have thoughts. Hey, man, we got a lot of good shows coming. You got Cobra Kai, Yellowstone yeah. should start back soon. That's going to be good. Hopefully, Expanse gets us another season soon. Cal Jones, what about you, dude? Uh, so, I'll actually plug something. Since you've mentioned discussing Who before, I will say that we are, as of tomorrow night, we're still a couple of weeks behind as of the episodes going out, but we will be reviewing with our friend Shannon Perry from Oz9, one of my favorite Doctor Who episodes, which is The Angels Take Manhattan. So check us out at discussingwho.com. Yeah, man. And as for me, I don't really have anything serious. I'm a 41-year-old man. I've been watching Dragon Ball Super. (laughs) Finally finished that. And that's what I've been into. That is awesome, too. Gosh, I, I really enjoyed Super. It's so good. So good. Listen, my wife talked crap to me for about a month <laughs> while I watched that. She's like, you're watching cartoons. I said, this is not a cartoon. This is like the best show ever. It's like 131 it's, episodes, too, man. Like, I've been slowly going through it. <laughs> man, so let me ask you guys awesome. a question. If there is one and only one Dragon Ball Z character that I like... Who is the character? Um, that Cal likes. I would Piccolo. say no. It's gonna be Bulma, probably. Nope. Huh? Enlighten us. Pow 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 boo. Bye oh, boo pow yeah. pow. Stop it! Oh, God. Stop it! <laughs> boo man. Just let me. I ha- I can't do that voice. I haven't heard it in a while, so I can't do that voice. But I love pow pow pow. However, he did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite. Yeah, I, I can see that. The only character I, I like. can see that. Oh God! Yeah, that makes sense. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so far off track. <laughs> hey, hey, it's it's yeah. We're ready to wrap this up, guys. I've I've had a good time talking about this. You know, as we end off our you know best of TOS episode, I thought it was really good to go back and and get reacquainted. And maybe catch up for the first time on some of these episodes. I thought it was really, really worthwhile. And for all you listening, thank you guys for for riding along with us. I thought it's been really fun. So next, I kind of want to talk about the best of the doctors in Star Trek. I don't know if we're going to do that for sure, but that's what I'm exploring. But we'll have more news on that coming up on what we're going to do next. If you have suggestions on what we should cover next. If it's a group episodes or a theme, let us know. You can send in feedback for that to fans at DiscussingTrek.com or as always, hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any and all social medias. It's been fun, guys. And until next time, live long and prosper.
Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. for adventure. Your traveling companions are fellow fans of Doctor Who. That's right, it's the podcast Discussing Who, exploring the worlds of Doctor Who, past, present, and future. Find out more at DiscussingWho.com. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.